As pitchers and catchers report, this guy's going to be very busy. He's got a new Yankees podcast that you can find on Radio.com, WFAN.com, all that good stuff. And before you know it, it will be Yankee baseball. We welcome in our Yankee insider, my buddy, the great Sweeney Murdy. What's up, Sweeney? How are you, man? JJ, how are you? Sweeney, you're sounding great. I'm ready for the season. You know, when we're getting five to eight inches of snow yeah, here in the New York area, then, the thought of, I, I know, I'm sorry to remind you, but the thought of baseball kind of warms you up a little bit, you know? It does. Well, listen, um, and um, I'm feeling it just like you are because for the first time in my 21 years covering the Yankees, I'm not actually going to Florida, part of the, you know, everything that's going on right now. So uh be covering spring training remotely, uh, working through all the Zoom interviews and uh, and trying to keep you guys up to date that way. And um, it's a little bit different. So I'm feeling it just like you are. We need the, you know, y- you love going down there and feeling like summer is coming. And just the idea of hearing, hearing uh, ball hit glove and hit, crack of the bat things like that it you know it it gets you ready for it but uh yeah we're doing uh, some new stuff here that uh, is going to be on our first it's going to be up on our website on wfan.com uh radio.com um and you can check out there and on the app and then it'll eventually post to like, your traditional podcast sites uh eventually here but we're going to do it every day during spring training first one's up now go to the wfn.com homepage, and you hear me recapping aaron boone's first media session and um all the things that came out of that today beautiful now we have not had a conversation since the yankees were eliminated uh and the offseason took forever it was a weird year obviously but they got my guy dj lemayu back you know i'm fired up about that six-year team-friendly deal they go and add Kluber and Jamison Tyon to the rotation, and they bring in Justin Wilson and Darren O'Day and swap out of Vino to Boston. As a whole, Sweeney, and I know it's a big what if. Do you think the Yankees are much improved from the last time we saw them on the field in uh, October against Tampa? It's funny. That's the question that I kind of asked Aaron Boone today, and it was about the idea of our, you know, th- he's always excited day one of spring training. You know, he's always happy that, that you know, they're, they're, they're there and he likes the roster construction. He thinks they have a chance to win championship contender. That hasn't changed in four years now. But I was wondering if given just, you know, some of the changes that you talked about, bringing back most of the same cast as of position players, swapping out some pitchers that have had some recent injury history, um, I was wondering if he felt that there were any tangible areas where the team was better on their roster, or if it was just a matter of, okay, knocking on the door, need time to get a break or two, need a couple of good bounces. And, you know, he's excited about the depth of the pitching staff and the upside it has, but he also acknowledges what we all know, JJ, is that there's a lot of injury risk here. Um, and, and even from the healthy guys, and by that I mean, you know, we know what Kluber and Tyon's risks are because they haven't pitched a lot the last couple of years. But you're also trying to possibly count on big contributions from a lot of younger pitchers who didn't throw a lot of innings last year because there were no minor league seasons. So whether you're talking about uh, Davey Garcia or Clark Schmidt, or Michael King, or you know, even guys like Jonathan Loisigo you've seen for a little while, they haven't built up a lot. So try to get them through a 162-game season and figure out how many innings you can get. It's, you know, it's a roll of the dice right now when you're thinking about that. Um, but everybody seems to think that if you, I mean, I mean, listen, you do this 
you do the uh, odds on sports. You know what people are projecting the Yankees to be. They Favorites in to, the American League, Sweeney. They by seem a sizable to believe, margin. Yeah, they seem to believe that there's enough of there's enough talent there that's going to you know keep them above everybody else in the league, or at least especially in their division. So, but yeah, I, I've got a lot of questions about where they are in their pitching staff right now, for sure. And you know, Sweeney, it's funny. I get a lot of questions about what is the opening week rotation going to look like, and I yeah. kind of laugh because, mm-hmm. first of all, you know, this being around the team, guys go down with injuries. And now I feel like more than ever, we're at a point in baseball where you don't have five starters. It's seven, it's eight, it's nine. And then you throw in the innings restrictions of what you had last year. I wouldn't get too wrapped up in is Domingo Herman or Davey Garcia or Clark Schmidt going to be the fifth starter? Because I think all those guys are going to have a pretty active role in throwing and getting a lot of innings for this Yankee team. Yeah, and I think, you know, to your point about how we get so geared up about opening day, do you realize that the Yankees' best player has never started an opening day for them? DJ LeMahieu has missed the last wow, two Wow, that's crazy because he had COVID uh, last year and he yep, wasn't and in the opening day lineup against Baltimore. What, yes. That was when it was Troy Tulowitzki at shortstop and Glaber yep. was at second, correct? Yeah, crazy. yeah. So there was, a, there was, you know, there are obviously reasons the last couple of years. Uh, but to your point, you know, I, I, we get caught up in this a lot. Maybe it's because we're looking at the Yankees, but, you know, you look at the fifth starter and, and you get so, you know, uh, you wring your hands so much about who the fifth starter is going to be. And, you know, if the fifth starter isn't some Cy Young Award contender, then we seem we think that, that somehow the Yankees have fallen down. There are most teams that, that have trouble filling their fourth starter right now. So when you're talking about some of the uh, choices the Yankees might have for fifth starter, um, even contend, as a contending team, I, I think that's okay. But to your larger point, you go at this – thinking you're going to need eight or nine starters and probably more. And Aaron Boone today pointed, he said, there's 10 or 12 guys in here who could be starting pitchers, and you're probably going to see them all starting games for the Yankees at some point because, you know, even in a normal year, you're probably going eight or nine deep, you know, just best-case scenario because some of these guys are going to miss some time. But in a year like this where you're going to need to stretch guys out, where you're not sure how to make that jump again from 60 to 162 and get the requisite innings filled, I mean, you're going to need eight or 900 innings from your starters, and, um, you know, you got to figure out how to get that when, you know, you got a fraction of that a year ago. You can put Garrett Cole down for 32 starts probably, um, and then everybody else you're kind of guessing, and there's not a set formula, there's not a magic number, but it's a constant process of trying to evaluate where these guys are physically and using all the information at your disposal, and that's going to include... Uh, a lot of the electronic measurements that you can get from your, you know, from all your high tech stuff. It's going to include, you know, just talking to the guy. How do you feel? It's going to include the eye test of what you're seeing. How sharp is his is his stuff? You know, how crisp does he look? Uh, and it's going to include stuff that you see in the trainer's room. Like, okay, how are the rotational exercises? What's his range of motion today compared to what it was last week? And the answers, JJ, are going to be different for every one of these pitchers. So you're going to see at times dropping an extra guy into the rotation. You're going to see at times taking a guy all together and putting somebody else in. And, of course, you're going to see injuries. But 
there's not going to be one set magic formula here because, you know, you could lay that out and, you know, April 1st, it all, it all just goes down the drain. Okay, Swing. Who's got the best chance you think right now? Gut feel, February 17th, of being that 1A to Garrett Cole. Is it Kluber because of what he's done 14-18? Is it Pion with the upside? Is it one of the youngsters? Who does Sweeney Murdy kind of pinpoint going into spring training as the guy who has the best chance to be that number two starter? I think Corey Kluber fills that because, you know, I think he has the best chance to be that, J.J., but... I don't know how many starts that equals, you know, I, I don't think that equals 32 starts just based on the workload from the last couple of years. But I feel like you're looking at him as being the guy who can fulfill it. I'll give you an example. That's it's an apples to oranges because I'm going to talk about a position player. Um, But the year that Alex Rodriguez came back from his year-long suspension, there was a lot of questions about what he was going to be able to bring, and a lot of it had to do with just physical stamina um, of a season. Well, if you remember, he got off to a great start in 2015. I think there was, you know, we probably even debating whether or not he should make the All-Star team or could be a contender for the All-Star team. He had very well up until about the third week in July, for the, right around his birthday, actually, and then it kind of dropped off after that. But right up until, you know, around July 20th, 23rd, 24th, around there, he was hitting very well. Um, dropped off a cliff after that because physically he couldn't really – um, he didn't have the stamina to complete the season. Um, and he was obviously older at that point, too, so that was a factor. I think that's a parallel you kind of have to look at. Corey Kluber could get out of the shoot 4-0 and with a 1.7 ERA, and you're going to be dreaming about this guy being a Cy Young winner, but you got to remember how long it's been since he put 32 starts together and think about what it's going to take to get him not – to make all those starts, but to be in a position where he's pitching still at his best in September and October when you want him to be. So stretching guys out and missing some spots, you know, during the year, um, I, I think it would be a mistake to just see guys, if they get off to a good start, to just push the pedal down and expect them to get to September in the exact same condition. You're going to have to be proactive in this and pay attention to a lot of little things, um, but I think Corey Kluber offers you the best chance for that because of what his history is. So, Winnie, you know this. I mentioned certain names. Matt Harvey, Odell Beckham Jr., Alex Rodriguez. They're immediate lightning rods. Mm -hmm. In many ways, Gary Sanchez has become that. I mentioned Gary Sanchez... And you have the Gary Sanchez hater. You have the Gary Sanchez apologist. I have kind of found myself in the apologist camp with the exception of 2020, where, Sweeney, I kind of reached the point of no return. Now, I supported the Yankees bringing him back. I think it's the right move to make. But it's fair to say, Sweeney, 2021 in many ways has got to be a make-or-break year for this catcher, no? Yeah, and, and I think a lot of times we, you know, I think we make the mistake of judging everybody on equal footing as far as where, you know, there's, listen, whether we like it or not, what they're getting paid determines a lot about where they fall and how much rope a player gets. And there's, there are the two extremes, a player who's not making very much money. You're going to give more chances to because you know, you're not losing very much of them. A player who makes a lot of money, you're going to give more chances to because you've got a lot invested in them. 
Right now, Gary Sanchez is entering that middle ground, and that's why you had that discussion this winter about is it time to move on or not? Is it worth you know five, six, eight, ten million dollars for uh, for him at this point, given what he's got? The answer is at this point is still an unequivocal yes, because you're right. I think we tend to jumble 2020 into what we consider Gary Sanchez's bag of trouble and think it's all one. We're not, you know, we give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt of what 2020 did to them. Why doesn't Gary Sanchez get that benefit of the doubt too? Um, I think he's, I think he's earned the chance this year. Now, if this year turns out a lot like last year, then the discussion you're having again in November about non-tendering him is a real discussion. And then you're talking about bringing him back for one more year at another, you know, pretty significant salary number, entering a free agent year, trying to think of, okay, where do these long, where does he fit long-term? That's a different discussion. And I think, I think where we kind of, you know, end up losing ourselves in this talk is giving Gary Sanchez another chance now is not the same thing as signing him to a JT Realmuto contract. And I think that's where you kind of have to separate this and say, look at what you have, 27, 28-year-old catcher who can still hit 30 home runs and was on pace last year to hit about 30 home runs despite the low batting average. There's still some value there. Are there a lot of things about him that bother you? Yeah, there are things that bother you. Would you want to see them improve? Absolutely. But I think we have to move on from this perfect package that we all had hoped and walking into the Hall of Fame and just think about what he is right now and how you can maximize this. This is about right now. You know, you got to stop dreaming about, you know, Monument Park and start thinking about, okay, how do you get the best out of him in 2021? And that's where I think you are right now with Gary Sanchez. Talking some Yankee baseball with our guy Sweeney Murdy. And, you know, Sweeney... I go back to last October, and I thought it was pretty clear. Yankees needed help in that bullpen. It didn't feel deep enough. The way they were pushing this Chapman, the way they were pushing Chad Green, the way they were pushing Zach Britton. And I was very curious to see how the Yankees were going to try to revamp this bullpen. They got killed by some for dumping Adovino on the Red Sox. But I don't know if you feel this way. I'll take Justin Wilson and Darren O'Day over Adam Onovino on this team. That's basically what they've decided to do. I think what they've done is they've revamped this a little bit for a couple of reasons. And the biggest thing that really hurt them with Adovino the last couple of years is he is, you know, he is such a right-on-right guy that the three-batter rule ended up treating him like a lefty reliever where it neutralized him when you ran into certain lineups like the Twins lineup in 2019 or the Indians lineup last year that was just littered with switch hitters, and you get into these postseason series and you can't use him because the lineup doesn't give you the break that fits him the best. You know, they call it looking for lanes for their relievers. And when there's such balance in some of these lineups, there's not a lane. You know what lineup is perfect for him to face? The Yankee lineup, because yeah, it's literally right. with righties. With Judge okay? and Stan and LeMayu and Voight and all the righties. Yep. And you're going to see it this year when he's pitching for the Red Sox against the Yankees. And you're going to see him... Um, 
come in and 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 find himself in these situations where he can face three or four righties in a row. Um, that didn't materialize in the playoffs. So all of a sudden, this guy that you relied on a lot, and he was durable during the regular seasons, all of a sudden you you couldn't use him in the playoffs and. That really hurt. I think he was still really good the first year he was here. Last year's numbers in a short series, a short season, we know how hard it is for a reliever to live down or bring down the numbers from one bad outing. Well, he had that horrendous outing in Buffalo, and it, you know, it was really impossible to make the overall numbers look good after that. But overall, I don't think he was bad here. Um, but what you've done now is. You've you've filled in the core leading up to Chapman with a group of relievers that come at you from different sides and different angles and different views. You've got the right-handers now with Chad Green and Darren O'Day. They do not look the same. You've got left-handers with Zach Britton and Justin Wilson, and they do not look the same. What they excel at as a group is limiting hard contact. Uh, getting weak contact, they are well above league average and among the leaders, uh, individually among the leaders in the league in those categories. So that's kind of what you're looking at. In a game where you're kind of looking at strikeouts per nine innings a lot, look at the hard hit percentage, look at the exit velocities, and you'll recognize the weak contact these guys are inducing. And that seems to be how the Yankees are looking to build this pen in front of Aroldis Chapman. You know, Sweeney, a year ago, there were questions about the maturity of Clint Frazier. And 2019, his defense was a problem. Uh, He had that debacle Sunday against the Red Sox. Then he didn't talk to you guys after the game. Um, And then he had an answer for it right after. And I wondered, I said, is this a guy who's got the right makeup and the right mentality to be a Yankee and to play here in New York? And I got to give him a ton of credit. Because last year, he didn't have a spot right out of the gate. He waited his turn. And when he was given an opportunity to play... He was absolutely terrific. So, in many ways, I'm happy to hear Aaron Boone come out and say point blank. Quinn Frazier is my everyday left fielder. Do you tie that in to the future of Brett Gardner? I hope not, Sweeney. I want Gardner back on this team because he's a lefty. He's outfield insurance. He's your backup center fielder. And he's adored and beloved in the Yankee clubhouse. I hope they find a way for a reunion. Do you think that comment, though, from Boone... He's kind of alluding to Gordy may not be here, or are they totally unrelated? I think it's related in our mind because of what you just talked about. But if you're a major league manager or coach of any kind, you know, your comments are limited to who you have in the room. And I, I think that's a big part of it, too. But that being said, even if Brett Gardner comes in here, I, I think that Clint Frazier has earned – a significant amount of playing time. Um, you want to call him the starting left fielder because he's going to be in their opening day? Sure. Um, I, I, you know, let's let's play this out in in your way, JJ. If if Brett Gardner comes here, I don't think it means that Gardner automatically gets more playing time. I don't think it means it's a 
you know, 50-50 split. I still think there's a lot of playing time for Clint Frazier here because of how dynamic his bat is and what he's shown and the areas that he has really shown improvement in. Um, his defense has improved. We'll see how it plays out over a longer season. A smaller sample size certainly played into the fact that he was a finalist for a gold glove last year, uh, but even the eye test, you could see he was a better defender. Um, maturity, all, no doubt, but I think a lot of things... You we, I was in Bradenton for the first spring training game in 2018, and I was sitting over 400 feet away, and I could hear Clint Frazier's head hit the outfield wall when he stumbled and fell backwards kept trying to catch a fly ball. And, you know, that's the concussion that basically devastated his entire 2018 season. And I'm willing to bet it still had some significant impact on how he entered and played through 2019 an extra year removed from that concussion i think you saw the effect of that and what it could do to a player who's still very young and uh, and very dynamic and i think that's the clint frazier that you finally got to see because you really didn't get to see that player while he was coming back from all that um i don't know how close they're going to get to Gardner. There's not a lot of money left out there for him. Players comparable to him have gotten significant dollars. Uh, if you looked at the piece that Ken Rosenthal had out in The Athletic a couple of days ago, where you're talking about 8 or $10 million for a guy like that. I don't think he's getting that to come back to the Yankees, but there's also a roster situation here, JJ. If you're thinking about a four-man bench, okay, right now your four-man bench, uh, if you're starting outfield, is Judge Hicks and Frazier going so right to left the fourth outfielder. with Stanton as your DH. Right now, Talkman is your fourth outfielder, but okay, but as he's one bench guy, okay? Your backup catcher is another bench guy. You're probably, at this point, I would say Mike Ford, Tyler Wade, let's say, as your other two bench players. You know, you've got a lot of decisions to make, and if you bring Brett Gardner in here, that means... There probably isn't room for both Brett Gardner and Mike Talkman. There certainly isn't room for Miguel Andujar. Um, and again, there could be injuries that change a lot of these things. There could be performance in spring training that change a lot of these things. I haven't even mentioned Jay Bruce, who's here trying to win a job. If he hits 400 in spring training, he's you know he's probably earned himself the chance to to get on the major league roster. Um, so these are all things that you kind of have to wait to see how they play out. But there's you know there are certainly arguments you can make and avenues you can see where one guy fits, one guy doesn't, and that's kind of what you kind of wait to get through spring training for. Out of any of the non-roster guys, do you have one circled? Uh, literally, no. I do not literally have anybody circled, but if I am looking at the non-roster guys now, and there are a bunch of them here, you know, Aaron Boone pointed out a lot of the pitchers today, because obviously it's pitchers and catchers, but, you know, he pointed out guys like, uh, Ulysses Chassin, uh, Nestor Cortez Jr. These are guys that you know have uh, have history of being starters, guys that you could, when you're looking to drop guys into the rotation for an extra turn, those are definitely guys you could have. Um, yeah, Adam Warren is back as a non-roster. Another stint for Adam Warren, man. Incredible. He is Good back for, for his Tommy John surgery is about a year and a half ago, so he is throwing uh, full out now and, and is a candidate here. Um, you know, the Yankees got a lot of other guys like uh, that you know have big league experience, like Kyle Bearclaw, Asher Wojcikowski, uh, Nick Goody, who was here with the 
Yankees uh, to start his career. So there's a lot of those guys. Robinson Chirinos obviously is an on-roster guy that stands out because you know the Yankees don't have catching depth with major league experience beyond Sanchez Nagashioka. And if you, you know, any one of those guys got hurt, you're turning to somebody who's never played above a ball. So it was important for them to uh, to bring Chirinos in. We'll see if he sticks through spring training and is willing to go to AAA if everybody remains healthy. Uh, and those are options there. And obviously, Jay Bruce is a guy that, you know, you kind of want to see what he has, what he has to offer. There were times, um, you know, I'd liken it maybe to, I think, back to when the Yankees sent Raul Labanez in 2012. And here's the difference. Labanez signed a major league contract. He had a very bad spring for the first several weeks and then finally had about the last 10 days of spring training started to turn on. But he was never in danger of losing his job. He had a major league contract, and they made a point to say, listen, he, he is here to be kind of a platoon guy, and he hasn't seen a lot of right-handed pitching. We're not worried about it. Um, and then it proved to be obviously what it was—a very good signing. Jay Bruce is here in a minor league contract um, with already one outfielder, Mike Talkman, on the roster, and uh, Greg Allen on the roster in front of him to try to win this job. He's going to have to really perform this spring. So I, I would think that that's something. You know, I, again, uh, uh, assuming the other guys don't get hurt, but uh, I, I'd like to see what he has left and, and what's possible there. All right, Sweeney, final one. You now do this in a much different way because of the challenges of COVID. But from, you know, a New York, New Jersey, tri-state area perspective, what is the spring training storyline that you specifically are looking forward to following the most as we go through these next couple weeks? Uh, That's a good question. I don't think I had picked out one specific thing and said, you know, this is, you know, I'd really... Somebody has asked me yesterday on a different podcast that I was on, and they asked me, you know, is there like kind of an X-factor guy? And the one guy I really like to see take off is Aaron Hicks. And, you know, I've mentioned this before several times when you see him play well. He has days or series or a week where he looks like Bernie Williams. But the difference is Bernie Williams had months and years like that. I would like to see Aaron Hicks be a guy who say, you know what? He could win player of the month because that's how hot he's been. I would like to see him stay healthy enough and perform. To We've seen it in spurts, but I'd love to see him be the guy who can play center field 135 times and you know, give you, you know, another year removed from the Tommy John, a little more confidence defensively and with the throwing arm that we know he's got, um, and just really put it together because the Yankees still have some years invested in him. And I, I just feel like maybe watching him, he's a guy that doesn't have to have a great spring, JJ, to earn a job, but I would like to see him have a good spring to kind of give you a little glimpse of what you might see from him during the course of this season. Sweeney Murdy, who is going to be a very busy guy over the next few weeks, podcast up, WFAN.com, radio.com, Yankee hits throughout the year. Sweeney, I'm looking forward to it, man. We'll be here before you know it. Google Primer here to get us warmed up for the start of the year. So thank you for the time, all right? Absolutely. Check out the Twitter and check out the homepage at WFN.com daily. Both me and Ed Coleman will have podcasts up for you covering Yankees and Mets. I love it. The boys rocking and rolling. Good stuff from the great Sweeney Murdy.